Graves on Gridiron with Richard Graves. 12 weeks are in the books, six remain in the NFL's regular season, and we enter week 13 off the back of a set of fixtures which saw some teams enhance their postseason credentials, others suffered big time setbacks. I'm thinking most notably Tampa Bay Buccaneers, New England Patriots, the Baltimore Ravens certainly suffered a setback last week in Jacksonville as well. And as for the show, it was a tough week with some of those results in mind. We have some chasing to do as we turn into the month of December. 16-24 and 24 against the line this season. Frankly, isn't good enough. We must do better. We will do better. And it starts as we turn the page onto week 13 in the NFL. Graves on Gridiron. With Richard Graves. Welcome along to the show. Week 13 is upon us. I am your host, Richard Graves. This is Graves on Gridiron. If you are new to the show, welcome along. Great to have you along for the ride. The format's simple. Each week we look at the slate of games, pick just three of them, and then look at the lines set by the odds, go into a bit more details. We break down the matchup and then. I'll give you my advice and thoughts on whether that line's accurate or whether maybe it's a little bit out and we should look in a different direction. Three more games have been selected from the Week 13 slate, and we start with a big one. The Miami Dolphins, with their 8-3 and record, head coast-to-coast to go to the Bay Area, the home of the San Francisco 49ers, who are at the top of the NFC West with a 7-4 and record. The Dolphins, of course, are uh, atop of the AFC East with their 8-3 and three record, tied at the top of that division as we enter Week 13 with the Buffalo Bills. The San Francisco 49ers are four-point favourites, according to the line, going into this game. It's a mouth-watering matchup, must-see TV on Sunday without a doubt, and it pits, arguably, the two hottest teams in the NFL head-to-head right now. Since Week 8, the San Francisco's San Francisco 49ers have the number one ranked scoring defense. They're averaging just 10 points a game given up across that period. And that includes the shutout win over the uh, New Orleans Saints last weekend. On the other side of the field, coming into their territory, are the Miami Dolphins and their offense has been sizzling. 33.8 points a game they are averaging since week eight. In the last four games they've played, they've not failed to hit that 30-point mark. Um, there is a subplot here, obviously, as well. First-year head coach for the Miami Dolphins, Mike McDaniel, is heading back to play against the team where he had so much success as an offensive coordinator for running backs with the Dolphins, the uh, Raheem Mostart and Jeff Wilson Jr., they paid their names largely with the San Francisco 49ers. So it's a big weekend for them going back to face their former team. But as we touched upon, it's not really so much about personal pride this matchup as it is about divisional titles and a place in the postseason. Um, the, the Dolphins have it all before them. They've got the head-to-head tiebreaker over the Buffalo Bills. And by virtue of that one game, remember they've still got to play them up in Buffalo at the moment. They lead the AFC East heading into week 13. The 49ers, on the other hand, holding a one-game lead over the Seattle Seahawks in the NFC West. Um, I think last weekend we saw what both of these defences are capable of, making big-time plays in big moments in games. Uh, Talanoa Hufanga, the, the safety for the San Francisco 49ers, 
only a second-year player, but he has made play after play this season for the 49ers. He did it last weekend again against the New Orleans Saints when they were down on the 49ers' goal line, came up with a big-time hit on running back Alvin Kamara to knock that ball loose. The Niners recover, and they preserve the shutout for the win over the New Orleans Saints, 13 to nothing. Equally for the Miami Dolphins, much more comfortable results against the Houston Texans. Um, but again, making big-time plays. Eric Rowe forcing the fumble and Xavier Howard uh, taking it to the house for a defensive touchdown for them. So it's power against power in some respects as these two teams uh, lock horns this weekend. The, the Niners have got weapons, obviously. They, they've got Brandon Ayuk, who's having a breakout season. Debo Samuel, we know all about the danger he poses. George Kittle at tight end, big-time receiving threat for Jimmy Garoppolo, who has been playing some of his best football of his career for me this season. But I think the more potent threat lies on offense with the Miami Dolphins. Jalen Waddle, Tyreek Hill, both players in the NFL's top five for receiving yards this season. And then you've got... To a tongue of Iloa. Remember, entering this season, there were question marks over whether he was the, the long-term answer at quarterback for the Miami Dolphins. Last year, they made no mis- uh, secret of the fact that then head coach Brian Flores was very keen on trying to make a trade happen for Deshaun Watson. Tua wasn't really his man. Well, Tua's managed to lay his critics to rest. He is the top-rated quarterback in the NFL this season by a distance as well. When he plays, the Miami Dolphins win. They have not lost a game this season when he's finished. The only game he started they lost was away at the uh, Cincinnati Bengals. Remember, he got knocked out of that game with his second concussion in the space of four or five days for that. So if the Niners are to win this, their defense is going to have to play big Again, and you look to to that end towards Nick Bosa. He's third in the NFL this season with 11 and a half sacks. He's surely going to have to get to to tour and make some plays um, to help the 49ers in this one. We've mentioned Talanoa Hufanga, the plays he makes on the back end of that Niners defense. He's big as well. But um, I think it'll be a close game. Uh, I think if it's a high scoring game, I think there's only one winner, and that's the Miami Dolphins. So it has to remain close, I think, for the 49ers to win this. Obviously, a big-time game with the, the division positions in mind for, for both teams. Um, I think more likely this comes down to who has the ball last and maybe a field goal to win it as time expires. Um, look, I've been a fan of Tua since he was drafted. I'm a fan of what he's doing in Miami. This really would be a big-time win. We thought it was a statement win when they took down the Buffalo Bills back in September. To go on the road and go to San Francisco 49ers team that are playing hot right now would be a statement to everybody in the NFL. And I look at that point spread, four points, I it's too much. I, I think that at, the, at least the Miami Dolphins keep this a, a close game. Um, would they win, lose or tie? I think the, the game remains within four points for them. So take the Miami Dolphins to cover this at plus four. Next up, we have the Jacksonville Jaguars traveling to the Motor City to take on the Detroit Lions, a battle of two, four and seven teams. And in a Thanksgiving week that was just full of surprising scorelines, I I think you can look at both these teams uh, and admire the way they played. Obviously, with the Detroit Lions, they came oh so close on Thanksgiving Day to causing a big time upset when they hosted 
the Buffalo Bills. Ultimately, though, the Bills found a way to win it. Tyler Bass kicking the, the game-winning field goal with just two seconds remaining on the clock. Um, I think it's a reflection, I have to say, on just how far the Detroit Lions have come this season and how much they've progressed that they were actually disappointed with that defeat in the end. Um, equally, look at the Jacksonville Jaguars. For a year and a season and two-thirds now, basically, they've been waiting to see the quarterback they thought they drafted with the number one overall pick in 2021, Trevor Lawrence. And last weekend, with two minutes to go, game on the line, they finally got a glimpse of that talent that they invested so much in, that they want to be the face of the franchise. Trevor Lawrence leading the Jacksonville Jaguars, trailing by seven on a 10-play, 75-yard drive down the field. Um, and then the, the ambition of head coach Doug Peterson to go for the two-point conversion, not happy with tying the game up and going into overtime. He wanted to win it right there and then. Trevor Lawrence found his man in the end zone, and the rest is history. The, the Jags walk away with their fourth win of the season. And the Jaguars fans had something to leave the stadium happy about with smiles on their faces. And let's be honest, that hasn't happened too often in, in recent times. It all means, of course, that we enter this week uh, 13 matchup with two teams with identical records. Um, but the Detroit Lions have something that the Jags don't. Yes, they lost on Thanksgiving to the Buffalo Bills, but they went into that game having won three straight. They've basically won three of their last four games now heading into, into this. And they've played a number of games, not just this season, but last year as well, where it's been a one-score game. They've lost by uh, one score. Um, they've been competitive in all of those games. And you look at the Lions set for this, the Lions are one-point underdogs. That tells me that the odds makers don't really know which way this game's going to go themselves. They're not too sure, not confident. It's a coin flip game, essentially. Um, uh, and I, whilst I, you have to give credit to the Jacks uh, for the way they won, the manner in which they beat the Baltimore Ravens last weekend. I do look, and this is a gut feeling. You look at the, the Detroit Lions team um, and say they've potentially got more firepower on offense. The Jags, yes, they've got Trevor Lawrence. They've got Christian Kirk, who's been tremendous for them since making that big money free agent move um, in the, the close season or the off season um, earlier this year. And Travis Etienne, their second year running backs, had a fantastic season. But then you look at what the Detroit Lions have, and you've got the wide receiver, Amon Ra St. Brown, we all know about him and his ability. He's been a revelation since arriving in Detroit. And then for me, you've got one of the best one-two punches in the backfield going in the entire National Football League in the form of Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift. And we saw against the Buffalo Bills when DeAndre Swift is fit and on the field, he's a home run hitter. He can score from anywhere on the field. He gives them that cutting edge out of the backfield that not many teams have, yet absolutely every team craves. Um, and it's not just on offense either, I've got to say. Aiden Hutchinson, their number two overall pick uh, this year, you, you have to give him some props because he's just been awarded the, the Rookie of the Month Award for November in the NFL. He had a, a sack, a forced fumble. He's had two interceptions in the space of a month as well. I think he had 13 tackles across the month. We are seeing before our eyes uh, a potential face of the franchise, certainly on the defensive side of the ball, um, mature as he finds his way in his NFL career for the Detroit Lions. So despite losing to Buffalo last weekend, 
Um, I felt the performance was impressive. Um, they have home field advantage, and they're, they're playing against a, a Jacksonville Jaguars team, which, let's be honest, they recorded back-to-back wins in weeks two and three of this season, but that might have been the only time they've done that in the last three years. Um, I referred to the fact that despite losing to Buffalo, the Lions had won three straight going into that game. Gut feel. I just like the Detroit Lions. They're competitive in every game. They play in the mold of their head coach with passion, with fire. Um, they're gritty. They they just will not go away. And I wonder whether the Jacksonville Jaguars have enough about them on the road to, to live with a team like that. Remember, they, they've sort of had a mini buy the Lions as well. They've had a 10-day break since that defeat to the Buffalo Bills, whereas it's a, a standard turnaround for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, I think the Detroit Lions win this game, and therefore I think they cover this one-point spread. So take the Lions at plus one. Graves on Gridiron. And our final game of three is the game of the week. It's a repeat of last season's AFC Championship game as the Kansas City Chiefs travel to Cincinnati to take on the Bengals, and it's a mouth-watering clash between two top-notch, informed teams. It's a heavyweight championship-type bout in the AFC. And, you know, it's easy to forget that the Cincinnati Bengals actually started this season with a bit of the Super Bowl hangover, the Super Bowl blues. They were 0-2 out of the gate. That's right, lost in weeks one and two. Um, but since then, they've gone 6-2, and two, and that's how they've got to, to this 7-4 and four record. Um, it, and it's also, to their credit, that they've done that without their star wide receiver, Jamar Chase. He's missed the last four games through injury. Well, he's expected to return uh, this weekend, and that can only add to the confidence inside the Bengals' camp because they're coming off a massive road win, another AFC clash going down to Tennessee. Remember, they were last year's number one seed in the AFC. Well, they beat them in the postseason then, and they beat them last weekend as well. And they did it by holding Derrick Henry to just 38 total yards of rushing in that game. Well, that's going to stand you in good stead if you can stop the run through December and going into the postseason. All that taken into account, you have to remember who they're going up against this time around. And as good as they've been, frankly, the Kansas City Chiefs have just been better. They carry the offense, which is the best in the league. They've scored more points than anybody else in the NFL this season, a total of 326. They've passed for more offensive yards than anybody else in the NFL this season, 3,467. And quarterback Patrick Mahomes is going for his seventh straight game of 300 passing yards or more. If he does that against the Cincinnati Bengals on Sunday, he will become the first NFL quarterback in the history of the National Football League to have seven straight games with 300 or more passing yards in a single season twice. That's right. He did it two years ago. This will be the second time he's done it. Nobody, not Joe Montana, not Brett Favre, not Peyton Manning, not Tom Brady. Nobody's achieved that. And th- this has been done in a team that, remember, lo- lost its deep threat in the offseason. It's free agency. Tyree Kills in Miami now. And yet Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid still managed to find a way to make this Kansas City Chiefs offense work. They've still got the linchpin, of course, in tight end Travis Kelsey. He's Mahomes' go-to guy still. Um, He's got 73 receptions this year, 12 touchdowns. Um, But rookie running back, Isaiah Pacheco, he's one to watch as well. He was um, very much an additional piece through the first month and a half 
of the season. But in the last four or five weeks, he's worked his way into the rotation to the point where he is now the starter in the backfield for the Kansas City Chiefs. So the Bengals will be keeping an eye on him. Remember, they did well last week. We've already mentioned the job they did on Derrick Henry. Well, I feel they'll, they'll need to do a similar job on Isaiah Pacheco as well. But look, ultimately, this is just a matchup which, for the NFL enthusiast and purist, you can't wait to see. It's strength on strength. Two of the best, not just in the AFC, but in the NFL as a whole. Last year's Super Bowl runners-up against the team that have been to the Super Bowl in two of the last three years, and on one of those occasions lifted the Lombardi uh, as well. And throw into that, there's been a bit of back-and-forth chat in the media this weekend between the two camps, and the fact that, frankly, right now, the Cincinnati Bengals have got the wood over the Kansas City Chiefs. Remember, it wasn't just the AFC Championship game where they pulled out the victory in overtime last season. In Week 17, they hosted the Kansas City Chiefs, and they... They had their way with them, quite frankly. The second half, they shut out the Chiefs. They ran away with the game. Um, and then they they managed to repeat that feat in Arrowhead Stadium in the postseason in the AFC Championship game as well. Look, when it goes head-to-head between Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow, Mahomes is 0-2 against Joe Burrow now. You better believe, being the competitor that Patrick Mahomes is, that does not rest well with him. It won't sit easy with the Kansas City Chiefs. There's more on the line here than just whether you're top of your division and looking ahead to the postseason and seeds. There, there is personal pride at stake, which matters to, to certainly the, the members of the Kansas City Chiefs. And you sense there's a bit of a rivalry beginning to build, given what we've heard in the media as well this weekend. I like the way the Bengals have played. I've been impressed with the job they've done since week three when they got that first win and have been on this 6-2 and two run since then. But it takes a brave man to bet against Patrick Mahomes. And once again this season, I think we've seen the the magnificence of Mahomes, if you will, being able to adapt with different chess pieces in this Kansas City Chiefs offense. I think it niggles um, at him a a little bit what happened with the Bengals last season. I think this is a, a statement game for the Kansas City Chiefs. It matters. Make no mistake about it. I'm taking the Chiefs to cover. They're two-point favourites going into this game. I think they win and cover. So take the Kansas City Chiefs at minus two. Okay, so just to recap the three games we're looking at going into week 13. First of all, the Miami Dolphins with their 8-3 and record travelling to the San Francisco 49ers. Take the Miami Dolphins in this one at plus four. Then it's the Jacksonville Jaguars taking on the Detroit Lions. Two teams with four and seven records. Nothing to choose between them. And that's suggested on the line. The Lions are one-point underdogs going into this game. Take the Lions to cover at plus one. And then in the game of the week, a repeat of last season's AFC Championship game as the Kansas City Chiefs travel to the Cincinnati Bengals. The Chiefs are two-point favorites. I think they go some way to avenging the heartbreak of last season's defeats to Cincinnati. Take this Kansas City Chiefs at minus two. First and foremost, as always, we emphasize this. It's all about having fun to accompany your enjoyment of watching the games on Sunday. If you want to read more about the three games we've spoken about in this week's podcast, visit my website, rdgmedia.uk. Click on the Talking Sport tab and there you'll see uh, Week 13, Overcoming the Odds with three games to watch. Click on that and you can read all about the three games discussed in this week's programme. Alternatively, hit me up on Twitter, at Richard Graves one But as I always say, first and foremost, 
It is about having fun, so enjoy it, folks. And let's get back to winning ways, most importantly, as we chase this record, trying to even it up at around 500. It starts with the first week in December. It starts right now in week 13. So for this week, I hope to see you again and speak to you again and discuss some more NFL action in week 14. But for now, so long, everybody. Subscribe to Graves on Gridiron wherever you listen to podcasts and keep up to date with the latest on Twitter. Search for Richard Graves 1. That's Richard Graves, the number one.